Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the dockers from sod keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing boats? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter, don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Welcome back to episode two of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm Michelle Serson, your host, construction adjudicator and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Uh, first episode, we really just talked about uh, tricks of your trade, what we're all about and who I am. And I did promise you that I would get to my credentials and I forgot to tell you what they were, to be honest. So um, just quickly to sign off on that, I do have qualifications in building and law. Uh, I also have qualifications in mediation, but it's important for you to know that I'm not a lawyer. So I did not get admitted as a lawyer. I'm Um, not admitted to practice law in any jurisdiction in Australia. Having worked in amongst lawyers and rubbed shoulders with lawyers and worked on enough matters uh, consulting to law firms that it really is not economical for subcontractors in a lot of ways to get early advice, like very early advice in a dispute about administrative issues. And I'm talking about good contract administration uh, that doesn't really require a lawyer. But because subcontractors don't know where else to go, they either go and try and get legal advice, realise they can't afford it, and so they don't get any advice. Um, What they really need is commercial management advice, which is not legal advice. It's really advice about all of the commercial facets of what's going on in your construction project, a good understanding of what the buildability issues are. So uh, when I am talking about security of payment or contract terms uh, in this podcast. And even you who have worked with me will know that this is the way that I operate. I don't give legal advice. I'm not, go- I'm not here to give you legal advice. I'm not even legally allowed to give you legal advice. So what we do is we look at the commercial aspects in, with the, the filter of what's your trade, what's special about your trade and what do you need to get out of this transaction. And it's all about using commercial leverage and a commercial understanding of the job in accordance with complying with the contract. So if you think of it like you go to your tax accountant uh, to get your tax return done um, or to deal with your tax matters, but they don't give you advice about tax law. They just make sure that you comply. That's very much the way that we operate. We are a compliance-based business, a compliance-based best practice business. So to get back to the topic of this podcast, which is what really um, gets me excited, is there are four main aspects that I find constantly bring subbies unstuck. And whether or not you realise this is what the, um, you know, what the foundation of your issue is, is another thing. But for me, it all boils down to sort of four main issues. And I touched on them in my first episode, but it's really about unfair contract terms, uh, short payment and non-payment and price wars and undercutting each other, buying jobs and having no margin, both both from the builder's camp and from the subbies camp. And then oh, the icing on the cake is really this culture of subby bashing and blue collar discrimination that just taints every transaction that we seem to be undertaking. 
And so I really wanted to drill down on each of those issues just as a, um, a starting point for this podcast so that you can really understand what I'm going to be talking about, who we're going to be talking about, um, who we're t- talking about it with, and what you're going to be able to learn as we go along. The first topic, unfair contract terms, I think is the best place to start. And I really do see subcontractors at all ends of the spectrum with this type of matter. There's subbies who are signing contracts and not even looking or reading or attempting to read them because it's just too hard. And, you know, that is a sad reality of where you're at in business, whether or not you're just starting out or whether you don't have the funds behind you to be able to do this stuff. You might already have been beaten down a few times and been short paid and so you know you don't feel great about it but you really need that next job to be able to keep your cash flow going so whatever position you're in having those big scary contracts stuck in in front of your nose is really um, a showstopper in that regard then we sort of see subbies who have tried to review them themselves and oftentimes they might misconstrue one aspect of the contract because they think it means one thing but it really actually means something else and and then they so they might fight really hard to get that one thing changed but they're overlooking something materially problematic in another part of the contract and so uh, when we're looking at the contract as a whole we really want to be looking at it in with the filter of what is your trade what is special about your trade what's special about your business but also what's special about this job what's special about the builder working on this job and so we drill right down to all of those aspects and then you've got the subbies who have tried to do the right thing they've gone to get legal advice or asked for a contract review from a lawyer and whether or not they're charged $1,000 or $3,000 I've seen people charged as much as $5,000 for a contract review from a lawyer and all that really involves is the lawyer reading the contract and then advising them on you know what the risky terms are but I've never seen a lawyer say to a subbie yeah look this is fine to sign they will always come back with something that needs to be redrafted and in fact almost every single time I've seen a lawyer give advice on a contract it's been you can't sign this contract in its current form it's too risky And the subbie's sort of looking at them going, all right then, well, you tell me what to negotiate on. And then the lawyer will go through a process of charging the subbie to redraft some terms. And then it goes back to the builder and the builder says, get stuffed, we'll just use this other guy over here. And it it really is disheartening. And I feel bad for subcontractors who have gone through that process because you guys have done the right thing. You've, You've done exactly best practice in terms of gone and got legal advice only to have spent the money before you've even won the job and then have the builder say look we're not going to play this silly game you either take our contract or we'll use some other guy so I do think that there is a better way to do it um you know disclaimer on that everybody should always be getting legal advice how you procedurally manage that advice once you've received it is a matter for you uh that's not to say that I'm advocating you ignoring the lawyer's advice, but there might be a better way that you can negotiate contract terms or even just get advice on how to administer the contract so that you can mitigate the risk. So we'll get into that in later episodes, but one of the guest experts that I'm really looking forward to, there's a cadet working for a builder in Australia, um, multiple states, quite a big builder, just finished his thesis on um, subcontractors' awareness of contract terms. And I'd 
was really excited when this guy contacted me. Um, I won't go into details about him in this podcast, but he contacted me to um, get some insight about what I thought were problematic subcontract terms for subbies. He's consulted with a number of other sources and he's come up with this whiz-bang thesis on this topic and I think it is so valuable to the industry. I can't wait to drill down on what his findings were with you guys and talk to him about how he sees these things unfold on site. Um, Another guest expert I've got coming on in terms of unfair contract terms is uh, Gillian Hamilton from Manage Damage, who's an absolute guru in terms of risk management for safety in construction. She's actually written a book called Risk Dollarization. Um, You guys out there thinking that contract risk is just about, oh, we might not make anything on this job, but it's actually far worse than that you could be sued exponentially or more money than you embarked on the contract for. So it's not just about, oh, we might lose money. You could have to pay out a bucket load of money if things uh, got really bad and it was worst case scenario. And a lot of the subbies that I work with will look at me when I say that to them and say, look, worst case scenario, this could be this amount of money. They will look at me and say, oh, Michelle, if that's going to happen, we're going to be dead in the ground anyway. So, you know, whatever, let's just have a run at it. And their eyes sort of glaze over like it's not a real thing that we're talking about, but it really is a real thing. (laughs) I'm sure that if this sort of thing uh, cropped up on a, you know, a contract where you're purchasing a home or a, a car or something like that, and then you might take it a little bit more seriously. But for some reason, because we think, you know, we're in the construction industry, we're in business, it's uh, insulated somehow. And so Gillian Hamilton uh, is going to come on and talk to us about risk dollarization and how we might start thinking in terms of putting dollar dollar values on what some of those risk components might be. And we're going to talk to her about um, safety and construction and risk dollarization from that aspect as well. So the third interview that I'm going to be doing in terms of unfair contract terms, and it's not just about unfair contract terms, actually feeds into this next topic of short payment and non-payment as well. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a subcontractor who was working in Australia for tier two builders and went broke because some all these dominoes lined up and, and some things went wrong. And so he lost his business and he's going to get on here and he's going to get really raw about what went wrong, how it went wrong, what the implications were for him personally, um, but also what the implications were for him with his uh, career and the business side of things and who else it affected. This person wants to remain anonymous, but you're going to be able to tell from his story that this is so relatable and it could happen to any Um, level of business it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you've been operating for 10 years or 15 years uh, if you're turning over 2 million or if you're turning over 12 million or if you're turning over 20 million it can happen at any um, any sort of revenue bracket as well so when it comes to unfair contract terms it really is the foundation of the bargain or the agreement that you're entering entering into Um, But where it really comes unstuck is where you're working for a builder on multiple jobs and the chronic short payment and the non-payment starts to happen regularly. And I'm going to be doing a number of episodes about the common blunders that claimants make in adjudication when they try and debt recover, but also the common blunders administratively 
where subbies write to builders or try to compel a builder to pay them and they just keep stepping on their own um, foot, so to speak. We are also going to have a guest expert, um, PPSR Special Counsel Peter Mills, to talk about how PPSR can help you secure your payment. PPSR, um, I'm not going to go into detail, it's quite a complicated um, sort of framework, but essentially it's about registering your interest uh, on the Personal Property Security Register. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you won't have heard of it. Don't worry about it, just tune in when we talk about that. It really is a game changer in the industry in terms of getting paid. Uh, We're going to be talking a lot about recognising the signs that your builder isn't being honest with you. Uh, or just might be struggling financially. So some of those signs will uh, be apparent because of things that the builder themselves say, but also uh, you might start to notice some of those signs uh, with things that are cropping up on site, some things that other subbies are saying. You might be able to do some public searches. We're going to talk all about that. And feeding into the third aspect, price wars, uh, I really want to talk about the economic wheel that feeds this culture. And how we, as at the subby level, are the only ones that have to that have to change our ways to make a difference. Because if we don't change our ways, we're at the bottom of the contractual chain, and there's more of us than there are of the builder and the principal. Um, if we we are the only ones that can make sure that if our pricing is right and responsible, that the project can be a profitable success. essentially at all levels of the contractual chain. Now you might think that that is a pretty big uh, statement that I've just made there to say that subbies are responsible for price wars. I understand better than many of you will ever know why builders are buying jobs or bidding at negative margins. Um, I understand that principals that are seeking finance have finite budgets and that projects may not even ever go ahead if they can't get something built for the dollar that they need. But it is so critical for the subcontractor who is essentially giving these builders prices at tender to take the ball by the horns in this space. I just can't see it working any other way. And this is a really big conversation in terms of Australian consumer law and making sure that we're not um, price fixing or contravening any of those laws. We will be having a um, construction lawyer come on and talk about Australian consumer law and what the um, what the concerns are there with making sure that we don't accidentally tip ourselves into price fixing when we have this conversation, but also how we can uh, move forward and get out of this mess where we're just undercutting each other and nobody's making a profit also going to have a quantity surveyor come on and talk as a guest expert about how we can build our tenders uh, to make sure that we are responsibly pricing jobs and to talk about what the checks and balances are that you should be doing as a subby to make sure that you have covered off properly on prelims you've covered off properly on um, construction program and the duration of the job and again this feeds into your unfair contract terms do you even have a right for delay costs Um, And if you don't have a right for delay costs, how are you factoring in the duration of your project and the the time frame to pit your overheads for and things like that? And the last last cherry on top topic that I think just taints every single transaction that 
and every single conversation, um, if we get real about it, is the subby bashing and the blue collar discrimination that goes on in the construction industry. And this is this is important from the aspect of unfair contract terms because you need to be able to negotiate from a position of confidence uh, and a position of strength. And if you feel like you have no voice or you feel like you can't have that conversation with your builder at all because they're just going to say to you, mate, you're just going to get contractual. I'm just going to use someone else. Then I think we need to start looking at a real, really raw level why do we feel that way? Why can't we have this conversation with somebody that we're about to embark on a commercial transaction with? If you were buying a car or a house, you wouldn't hesitate to negotiate. If, you, if there was something in there and you were about to sign a contract for a house that you were buying and there was something in there that was just blatantly unfair, you would raise it for sure. But it seems to be in the construction industry that uh, contract negotiation is rare as hen's teeth and subbies are just blindly signing up to these contracts because they want the work or they feel they need the work and i want to have a deeper conversation about why are you in business if you chose this business did you intend to risk so much every time you signed a contract do you really understand what the implications are for your family and you personally and your career and your future if you continue to put your um, all this risk into every single contract that you're signing without even negotiating. And then I want to talk about what the implications are once you do negotiate or if you have signed a contract and you start to administer it and the gaslighting that goes on with the builder saying, why are you sending me notices under the contract? You might be trying to mitigate against that risk and the builder comes back and says, oh, you're being so contractual, you know, where's this coming from? We thought we had a relationship and I want to talk to you about why I think that that is gaslighting and something that needs to be addressed as well. This seems to be a hierarchical cultural issue that subcontractors face with builders because of an age-old cultural problem and there are other industries that have got this problem as well I've worked in hospitality and I've seen chefs bully the hell out of apprentices um, borderline assaulting apprentices and you know I didn't think it was right at the time but I knew that and this is many many years ago but I knew at the time that it was all part of coming up Um, in the industry and that you know the apprentice was the dish pig and they were doing their time and you just can't do that these days it's probably still going on um, in certain places but perhaps it's a whole lot more passive aggressive now Uh, I had a stint in the legal industry where I witnessed uh, a whole lot of hierarchical bullying that went on and that seems to be being addressed now and people are talking about it a whole lot more. And I'm just wondering why in the construction industry we're delaying having this conversation. And I think it all boils down to the fact that you guys don't see yourselves as employees because you are subcontracted. So you've got an ABN or, you know, you're subcontracted to the builder and the builder can essentially choose who he wants to use on the job. So he's going to choose the person who makes the least noise in this space. And I think that if we collectively, um, instead of expecting 
subcontractors to step forward into the light and put their business on the line to have these conversations one-on-one with builders. I think that if we can collectively have the conversation on a larger platform and then get some builders on board because I've worked with builders who don't operate this way at all and are ready for change. They're ready to do things differently. And I've seen a lot of uh, quantity surveyors talking about alliance contracting and you know different methods. I'm not saying that that's the be all and end all, but I think that we should be talking about different options for the construction industry moving forward. In terms of unfair contract terms, what does the landscape for that look like? And if the government is going to make legislative changes, can the subcontractors collectively have a voice to put something forward to government to make a recommendation or at least to give them a list of issues that they need to take into consideration when they are thinking about legislating. So there is so much to talk about. I don't want to have a really long episode today, uh, but I just really wanted to drill down in terms of what I'm going to be talking about, what guest experts we've got coming up. We will get into the nitty gritty of security of payment and, you know, little issues like making sure you've got a reference date and uh, making sure your payment claims are valid and then how long you've got to follow things up. We will talk about those things eventually, but I really want to set the foundations in terms of what are these bigger issues. And then when we start to look at the little symptoms that we're all feeling in terms of the pain of late payment having a look at, well, okay, I don't want to just band-aid this one payment claim. Why did this happen? What's going on with the contract? What's going on with this builder? Are we doing heaps of work for this builder? And should we maybe potentially look at branching out a little bit more and finding some different customers? So uh, I hope you guys are getting excited about this. It, It is a pretty dark sort of bill of topics I've just listed out. Um, But I really think that you guys are struggling with this so much that it should be refreshing and a positive sort of prospect that somebody is thinking about this stuff on your behalf. Somebody's out there to advocate for you and we're going to try and bring the answers. We're going to try and get the experts in to solve these bigger problems to get you guys better outcomes. So I'll sign off for now. If you would like to contact me, you can email me at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au Or you can visit my website, www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au.